<laughs> All right, everyone, we're back once again with Out of Pakistan, and as you can see, we're regular. This is like uh, our second week uh, running, and it's going to be like this forever. ڈیلگاڈو It's very sort of easy going, yeah. but then it kind of picks up. No, I like it. I like it. And then it, you know, yeah. slows down again. And it's got Spanish in it, so you never know what they're saying. Yeah. But, you know, huh. apparently anything that is Spanish is sexy. Yeah. These. Which, if you've ever eaten Spanish food, you know is total BS. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Wait, why seriously like you know oh, that's, 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 dude what come on seriously like dog job man <laughs> you know it's like ridiculous have you seen this uh, this radio uh, radio free Tom yeah this this who doesn't this like Indian food Indian food I love it I love the misplaced like dissiness of like Pakistanis who are running to the defense of Indian food. Yes. Dude, Indian food is not Pakistani food. <laughs> all right? Get a, get a new take. And, and, and Indian food is generically bad food. Because Indian food to me is like everything south of like Delhi. Right. A everything south of Lucknow. Everything north is like, it's our food. North Indian food is like, It's like Pakistani food. Right. So don't just like, you know, like you can't sell one of those veg, veg non curry, like chai lattes and, and pretend that it's Pakistani. It's that's not Pakistani food. Yeah. So there's a distinction. I mean, there's actually technically, so there's, a, there's this beautiful piece in the Village Voice, which was this free newspaper uh, in New York. I mean, they have a website, but I don't think they publish the paper anymore. But that's where basically like crummy students like myself used to look for like student housing and yeah. you know, odd jobs. And Hookups. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, okay. So yeah. anyway, so, so the Village Voice. Which is very the ASL Pakistani age 24 male. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty uh. close. Except man. Anyway. So we had... Long Walk Central Park. No, that's you. That's you. That's the thoughtful... That's the... Can we say stuff like what I'm about to say? No, I don't think so. No, we can say... You were the thoughtful romantic type. You actually like long walks. Not walking. Not so much walking. But also not long. Not long. Yeah, the egg family show it. Yes. Um, and I'm pretty sure we're G-rated, so yeah. that's that's great. You got to be like, I need to be just I 
<laughs> I, I bet you was at the end of that. No, actually, that next joke will will get us into trouble. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so today, today, <laughs> okay, okay, how the Pakistan will be right back. <laughs> What was this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all kind of trouble. So, yeah. um, you wanted to talk about Shaheen Chemists. Yes. It's an international issue. <laughs> Pakistan has been talking about Shaheen Chemists for two days now. Dude, it was that the shade of those pills was so close to blue, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh my God. <laughs> They're it, purple. It's it's. I think it, there's some multivites or something. It's not like. So I, I checked it out, right? Yeah. I first thought now the thing with Chinese chemist for those who don't know because it's an Islamabad, Peshawar sort of thing. Not so much Lahore and Karachi. There's I'm almost certain there's like a PTI MPA from the Punjab. Yeah. Who was supposed to become or is the higher education minister? Yeah. Who's closely associated, if not the owner? Yeah. Of one of these. Right. Either D. Watson or yeah. Shaheen. But interestingly, the other guy apparently is BMLN. Yeah. So already you have that sort of, you know, that uh, glorious sort of addition yeah. uh, of, of, of that wrinkle in the story. Across the board accountability. <laughs> they're always, wherever they are, they're next to each other. Yes. Right? And, but I looked at it and I said it can't be because if you've ever been to Shaheen Chemist, it has some of the most earthiest, nicest people. Each time you go, you know, they make you feel welcome. They're always willing to return things if you don't need them. They're just really decent. And I've seen them deal with people in general. And as a business, you felt kind of proud that, look, this is our own chain, homegrown, uh, earthy. And then so when it first came out, I said, this can't be true. I want to talk more about, before we move on, yeah. I want to talk more about the earthiness and, yes. and, and your... Appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> I knew it. I knew there was a Lana in there somewhere. <laughs> and you walked in and it was like singing. And you're like, yes, yes. I love Shaheen <laughs> The next time I go, you yeah. know what I'm looking for? Yeah. <laughs> I want a brother to be like standing in the corner. And you know, so I quickly checked, right? If, if this thing is real, then I checked the bottle. I had actually bought one of those, right? And I forget it was a vitamin. I quickly checked and then I checked the American source and that website is no longer up that <laughs> reputed American company and um, so I just thought maybe they were buying in bulk and just bottling it here but apparently it's it's genuinely dodgy um, all these supplements these green looking things that they keep selling and it was really disappointing I just couldn't believe it 
So, yeah, so I, I saw the video and I immediately thought that this is, there's more to the story than, yeah. you know, that's my reaction to anything that's viral, yeah. is to just check the sources, check the, and I couldn't find anything. It's unlikely because if, even wholesale, wholesale doesn't mean that they send you bags full of pills, yeah, empty yeah. bottles, wholesale yeah. means they send you a shit ton of ready to go mm, bottles mm, mm, <laughs> that, that mm. are cheaper than, you know, mm. what you would get yeah. if you bought them one at a time or retail, so... Um, so I'm, I'm like you, I d not just skeptical, I didn't want to believe it. And then when I looked at the packaging, and then I looked online that they had, the firm had like, even their certificate of import was for Shaheen Chemist, right? Wait, but it, hold on. This but argument came online that this is actually Shaheen Pharma, which is a totally different... No, but hey, yeah. hold on a second. Yeah. So just because the pills are coming separate from the bottles... Yeah doesn't mean that the pills are fake and the Islamabad district commissioner uh, has actually tweeted and said that look the original raid was because of an import problem yeah like an import license yeah. or a certificate problem and so based on that problem we're going around shutting down a whole bunch of stores but as far as fake medicines yeah. none have been found yeah yeah this is this is like vitamins and uh, you no, but know. I'm saying even the vitamins yeah. It's not necessary that they're fake or that there's any garbage. Yeah. It could be that this brand was a brand that, you know, they set up themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know what the... Like, for me, to declare somebody, like, criminal, to shut down their business, yeah. A, you have to have some modicum of criminal intent. Yeah. Uh, defrauding people yeah. and giving them something that they're, they're not you know, something beyond what they're paying for. Yeah. There's no proof that the stuff isn't made in the USA. There's no yeah. proof that the stuff isn't what it says on the bottle it is. There's no proof that it's expired. None of that. Yeah. What there is proof of is that when you buy a sealed bottle, in your in your estimation, yeah. you're buying something that's airtight from the from the company. Yeah. You're certainly not getting that because these guys are obviously putting those bottles yeah. into the, uh, those pills into the bottle themselves. So from that perspective, there's certainly a health regulation violation. But it's interesting you wanted to talk about this because for me, the Shaheen chemist story and a lot of our, uh, I think, have we given enough background? Why don't you narrate exactly what happened? Because I think we've gone maybe, you know, a couple of miles into the story without actually building up. So, I mean, Shaheen chemist in Islamabad. It's like a Dwayne Reed in New York or a Boots in, oh, in London. Exactly. That's it's a Pakistani or it's, it's an Islamabad slash Rawalpindi chain of drugstores or pharmacies that are reputed for integrity and for giving you the right goods that are always uh, you know they're not spurious in any way they are not damaged and um, and so for they're not like how to Pakistan exactly <laughs> right right and, but you know so so a raid happened at one of the godowns and over there there storage facilities. Storage facilities. I'm just like, because of the lingo. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And there they found like a lot of open pills that were being, that were supposed to be transferred to these bottles that said made in the USA. And... Oh, uh, hold on. Yeah. Sorry. I just think that we need to start doing this. So, Hadou Pakistan is about to get a producer. So, in the future, when something like this happens, um, it'll be... It'll be a lot more organic than what's happening right now, which is that I've actually, uh, I've actually interrupted uh, Fasizaka's. Uh... 
I was just saying, like, when you say, like, you know, yeah. born in the USA. Born in the USA. We should yeah. play born in the USA. We should USA. play that. And, but, but your question, right? You know, just this whole herbal and supplement industry, it's even got a lot of problems in the West because it's not as regulated as it needs to be. And in this case, the drugs, I mean, these supplements may have not been harmful. They would have been primarily filler or something else, but they were definitely absolutely misleadingly advertised. Because I remember even as a personal experience, you know, I wanted a certain brand once and they said, no, take this, this is also for America, very good quality. And, you know, there's, if you go online Wait, right but now, there's no proof that they're not from America. Yeah. There's no proof that they're actually, <coughs> they're actually fake. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. The only proof we have is that yeah. if they're being purchased and at the time of purchase, there's a seal on the top. Yeah. That seal is misleading yeah. because from the factory to the consumer, they have been Actually, they didn't, to air. they didn't have a seal on top. There you go. They, they, they so when you to, bought them, they didn't have a seal. No, no. They used so, to have so then even that... Cotton it was the seal. Well, there right? you go. Yeah. So, so then actually, in terms of the actual fraud that's been committed, yeah. like I get that people are upset because it looks like something bad has happened. Yeah. But what exactly is it that's happened? And again, this is not a defense. If there's a bad capitalist out there, yeah. as, as you know, and, yeah. you know, let's get them. Yeah. But... If there's a slightly borderline malign dude out there trying to make money, yeah. then let's not pick on the one guy because, you know, the standard of what's being sold in terms of medicines doesn't start and end with Shaheen Chemist. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. And actually, if there's a problem of regulation, which I think there is, to me there is a violation here. The violation is that pills should come sealed either in a blister pack yeah. or in a bottle from the factory in which they're manufactured and that seal should be so trusted the way that we trust the seal of a western uh, company's product right like uh, you know if you buy uh, Panadol or Paracetamol yeah. or Tylenol or Excedrin again yeah. those are the you know yeah. kind of brands bottles so you should be when you see the seal on top, you trust that Bayer or, or whoever's, yeah. you know, whatever company has made that, their their factory is clean, yeah. produces what it says it produces, <laughs> has a bunch of government certi certi certifications, yeah. and if there was a rat running around, a but, government <coughs> inspector the, would have found yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but the problem is, like, what you're describing is pharmaceuticals. This is supplements. And even supplements in the West are they have some variability in terms of the kind of quality and well because they're not FDA they're so. not FDA yeah. exactly yeah. and so I mean actually so a really interesting aspect of this is the new CBD revolution yeah because there's a big question about what quantum of THC which is the hallucinogen which makes CBD haram yeah or illegal yeah and, and for me both matter yeah you know for different strokes for different yeah. folks but THC is the is the khamr or the intoxicant. Khamr yeah. is the Arabic word yeah. for, for yeah. intoxication. So the THC part is the khamr part. Yeah. Uh, the CBD itself is actually quite. Well, it doesn't get you high. You, right, but yeah. it actually is great as an analgesic and yeah. as a therapeutic remedy, yeah. especially for chronic pain. Yeah. And so 
what has happened in the U.S. and the Europe in Europe is that there are two varying definitions of what zero THC constitutes. Yeah. In Europe, it's point zero three percent. In the U.S., it's zero point two percent. That is a massive jump. Yeah. Yeah. Zero three versus two. Yeah. Right. That's like a significant jump. Yeah. And uh, you know, across the Atlantic, if you buy something in the U.S. and bring it to you know parts of Europe, not not every part of Europe. Some parts of Europe totally. Okay, yeah. like Switzerland is totally cool, no yeah. matter what you bring. But uh, other parts of Europe, you know, you would you would be in violation of their drug laws. Yeah, um, there, there is that variability. So you're right. I mean, supplements is a much more benign yeah. and less controversial area. Yeah. But there isn't the kind of government regulation that you're you're right about that. Yeah. But then all the more reason to, to question the outrage because yeah. last night I had to get medicine for a family member. No, because... F11 been... mein saare band karwa diye. Ha, ha, you know that, right? True. Yeah. Like why? Yeah. I, I had to... Let's say I had to buy Brufen. Yeah. Ibuprofen. Yeah. And I went to the store huh. and the store was closed because yeah. some dude made a film yeah. of a customs raid yeah. in which they couldn't find the appropriate tax certificate. Why they shut down the whole thing? So I mean, that's a good question, but I I think I think okay. So I'm actually on the side of the authorities on this one for one reason, right? You go, you do, you conduct a raid, you find all these open pills and empty bottles. There's a very as somebody who's making that decision, there's a thing that is it in the public interest that I absolutely make sure that this is not a more widespread phenomena. Because at that point you won't. No, but make what is the phenomena? So the phenomena in that case is misrepresentation, that you've got drugs that shouldn't. Or I mean, supplements that shouldn't be handled in this particular way, that are being bottled. There's an issue that you know this is misrepresenting at some level that it suggests that it comes directly from America in this fashion, and then you bring it down for a day or two and you conduct. I mean, you're going to need some time to make that assessment. So. So then, when If the video longer, was made yeah. by the by the people making the raid, yeah. the video needs to be sat on. It needs to be shown to the owners, and okay, you, and, that, you shake, that, and you okay. shake down the owners, yeah. and you scare the crap out of them. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm all in with the DMG method, right? Yeah. The the colonial uh, administrative method yeah. of going finding evidence, and then instead of prosecuting it according to the law or prosecuting it yeah. in the public domain, you use it to extract improved behavior. Yeah. From potential assailants, that I agree with. potential yeah. assailants yeah. of the public interest, yeah. right? So you go to the owners and you put the squeeze on them. You show them the video and you say, "This this shit is going to go major viral, bro." Yeah. And we're going to shut your shit down. Yeah. So break it down. Yeah. How many other violations? Because yeah. I'm about to call in all the inspectors and the Food and Drug Administration and everybody else, yeah. and I'm going to call the USAID and DFID. Yeah. And the Norwegians and the World Bank and yeah. find like extra Gouda experts to come yeah. and tear through yeah. everything that you do yeah. and shut you down. Yeah. So fess up, right? Okay. And pay up. And all. And here's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a revenue uh, it's a revenue depressed uh, sort of context. Yeah. Find the crap out of them. Yeah. Like make them pay out one store's worth of revenue. Yeah. In fines. Yeah. Right. But by allowing that video to go public, and then responding to the public reaction by shutting down all of their branches. Yeah. You haven't improved the state of supplements or drugs available to the ordinary Pakistani. You've just shaken down without extracting any material benefit, either in the public interest or the state's interest, yeah. a drugstore. So I absolutely agree, and I think that's really clear thinking on this. Absolutely, um, I think that you know, uh, 
and and I agree with you. I Go, didn't wait, you can say that you're really impressed. No, I am really <laughs> impressed, right? You know, although although this is like literally what like this is my job. So yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm I'm very impressed by that. I I I think, however, but I still maintain. Shutting them down for two, three days just to quickly assess what the situation is with everything else is, I would think, a legitimate protocol to follow in this particular case. What did you think about the school fees issue? Uh, the school fees issue. So in that case, I do think that the government can regulate. The way they've done it is pathetic. Like what they've actually done is basically suppress the market. They've, you know, what, about Arizona, what about Arizona Grill? I'm now. I'm doing this deliberately. You yeah, see, you see where I'm going, right? Yeah. So Arizona Grill. That's an interesting one. Okay. Again, I think there's an analogy here, not a perfect one, but the question is like what. By the way, should we break down? Because again, not every everyone listener will this. know. Okay. So with the private schools, basically, in 2015, the summer of 2015. There's a long context, and I've written yeah. about this, and I, I have a conflict as well. So without yeah. going into too much detail, bottom line. A bunch of parents, quite rightly, were outraged by the high fees that were being charged and yeah. the sudden increase during the summer of 2015. Yeah. You have to remember, summer of 2015 is the first, is the precursor to the beginning of the first year of school after APS. Yeah. So there was a whole security angle, uh, there was a war on terror angle. Long story short, schools had to invest in a lot, especially private schools, invest in a lot more private security. That reflected in student tuition fees, tuition fees were raised, parents were outraged, they took to Facebook, Facebook led to the street, street led to all sorts of government agencies initiating inquiries, including the Competition Commission, which is the you know, Good Trade Practices Commission, the, uh, the SECP, uh, the local education authorities, the provincial education authorities, and the federal authorities, the whole system. And the kicker, the Supreme Court. Exactly, so yeah. everybody got involved, and after like three and a half years of litigation, the Supreme Court declared that any increase in fees above a certain threshold was illegal. Uh, the private schools kind of rightly argued that this is an arbitrary decision. The, the parents, the aggrieved parties, argued that there is a degree of, uh, what is that called? Like really poor behavior by capitalists that get together. Oh, monopolistic. Cartel. cartel. Yeah. It's cartel behavior, right? Yeah. That these private, elite private schools are like a cartel. And there is, there is an element of that, uh, truth to that. So both sides had some argument. But, but I'm building up to something. Now, quickly yeah. on Arizona. Do you want to explain yeah. to the listeners? Arizona Grill was uh, a woman and her children ordered, I think, some meat-based steak. Meat -based steak. steak. Yeah, steak. And it was... Arizona Grill is a restaurant. It's a restaurant, and it had been in the freezer for several years and it made them violently sick. I think somebody, one of the children died. One of the died. kids died, yeah. One of the children died. But you see, here's, let's take the Arizona, I think the schools one is a much more complex phenomena, but the Arizona grill one. So if you suddenly root it out immediately that, you know, these guys have not taken care to give out meat that has so obviously been not just beyond its shelf life, but has gone absolutely, you know, uh, into the archaeological realm that it is just so old. The first thing you would do is you would shut down the restaurant to see if this was a one-off or a wider practice problem within the restaurant. 
then I agree with the rest of what you're saying, which is, what do you do? Do you do you make it a public spectacle? Uh, you issue one, two remedial measures, but you don't solve the problem. And so, so that's where I agree with you. Yeah, but, so but, uh, but again, but I do think like even if you were, you would immediately say, you know, let's shutter the restaurant uh, for a couple of days till we figure this out because it poses as a continued health hazard. There's a, of course, it, especially in the Arizona Grove case, a child lost yeah. uh, their life. A family is never going to recover from yeah. that mistake. In the case of the private schools, notwithstanding the arguments and the merits on both sides, any public sector intervention in elite private schools is is a ridiculous notion. The yeah. whole reason that elite private schools came into being and continue to exist and thrive is because of public sector failures yeah. in education. And in the case of the Shaheen chemist issue, again, uh, in, in this specific case, we actually don't even know. But even if wrongdoing was identified, I'm not questioning that it's the right thing to shut down a school, penalize a school, shut down a chemist uh, or a pharmacy or a drugstore, or shut down a restaurant. That's not the problem. The problem is that in the digital age, shutting down these institutes as a one-off response to what is a systemic problem doesn't solve the problem. It just assuages our need for instant gratification in that moment. And once we have instant, that's the nature of instant gratification. You once you have it, yeah. you don't care. The problem is instant gratification is not just a consumer problem. It's also a producer problem, i.e. the producers and suppliers of regulation, the producers and suppliers of safety, our military, yeah. our intelligence services, the producers and suppliers of order on the streets, our police, our traffic cops, the producers and suppliers of safe medicine are not the chemical companies, are not the pharmaceutical companies. It's the drug regulator. If you keep giving people the short dopamine hit of shutting down the chemist and shutting down the school and shutting down the restaurant, you don't actually address the wider problem. Now, the, the, the bad meat problem is very easy to understand, and you have to understand how supply chains on imported foodstuffs work in this country. 90-plus percent of imported foodstuffs are smuggled. They're not actually legitimately imported. Mm -hmm. Because if you imported them, you would have to pay tons of duty. Yeah. So the reason you can afford a Dubai-quality steak, an Australian A-grade halal steak that you're flying in from Dubai, is because somebody's bringing it with them on yeah. a flight. Yeah. And they're not actually paying duty. Right. That's yeah. the first thing to remember. Probably not maintaining the cold chain either. Let's say they maintain the cold chain. Let's say yeah. everything else is fine. So they bring the steak. Let's say they bring 100 steaks to Pakistan. Now, yeah. this guy's a supplier. He goes to four restaurants and sells 25 to each of them. The guys working at the restaurant that bought this meat, they know good meat. So they're probably educated, they're probably like you and me. So they go and they, they know that, you know, Australian A-grade, whatever, tenderloin, Jovia, mm. they buy it, they're gonna put it on their menu, and they're gonna sell it. Now go to the next level. Now they put it in the freezer. Now the guy who's managing the kitchen and who's the, who's the chef, maybe, maybe not educated. But the guy that's picking it out of the freezer and throwing it on the grill, almost guaranteed not to be educated. Yeah. So in, there's, a, there's a supply chain problem at the, at the delivery manufacturing point of interface with the consumer. By the time the food gets to the person who's eating it at Arizona Grill, it is not 
at any point had any interaction with Pakistani regular, regulatory authorities, nor has it had the duty of care that a restaurant owner who was well regarded understood that, you know, processed meat shouldn't be, or even non-processed meat shouldn't be served beyond its expiry date. All of those checks and balances, where do they come in? Who enforces that? Nobody. Yeah. When you shut down Arizona Grill, and I think it's out of business now, it's done. If I'm, I'm not, not sure. It's, yeah. it's not fair for us to keep mentioning. I mean, yeah. well, I guess it is fair. Somebody it's okay. died. Yeah. But, but the point is, whether they're still in operation or not, I guarantee you we haven't sorted out the imported steak meat yeah. expiry date problem. Yeah. There's no manual on the public sector response to this. Yeah. I know this for a fact. And I know this because the problem was solved the minute we did a news flash on shutting down one branch of this restaurant. Yeah. The moment that the Shaheen chemist thing was shut down. I mean, there's a new outrage today. It's gone already. Yeah. The story's finished. Yeah. If it's not finished today, it's going to be done tomorrow. Yeah. It's got a maximum life, uh, life, life cycle or shelf life of what is it? 24 hours? Yeah. 36 hours? 48 hours? And then it's done. Meanwhile, the regulation of either supplements and vitamins or actual drugs in this country remains as abysmal as ever. Don't forget, this is the same country in which a former prime minister and his sons, as well as the prime minister after that, as well as the primary candidate to become prime minister after the first one was fired, all three of those individuals were named in ephedrine cases, yeah. in actually drug regulation failure cases. Yeah. Don't forget that the family members of a former interior minister are involved in the pharmaceutical business. I mean, yeah. this is not a small matter, right? And the fact that the system at large... Do you know what contains ephedrine? No. That we drink really happily? What's that? Johar Joshandar. Really? Really high levels of ephedrine. Really? Yes. Is that why it's so good? It's amazing. <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. so my, my appeal isn't that we don't do that immediate thing. Yeah. That immediate thing we should always do yeah. because it's important to send the right signal. It's important to create uh, preemptive measures. It's important to set precedence. But there needs to be somebody or, or, or many of us who actually cling to the longer tail of the story and ensure that there's actual follow-up. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really afraid that over time we're going to lose the ability to follow up altogether because I think, you know, I love this hey boomer thing, right? Where like there's all this contempt for yeah. old people, yeah. right? Which, <laughs> which yeah. I, I kind of share yeah. in some ways. But I also worry about what's coming down the line because there's a generation of policy analysts and policy makers coming down the, down the line who have no memory of functioning states in any part of the world. Yeah. Because, I mean, the UK, you know, the, yeah. the, the public system, it's, got, it, it's a shambles. Yeah. The US public system, Canada, like all these countries... Their, their, their public sector delivery systems yeah. have been decimated over the last quarter century. Where do you fix Sorry, I didn't mean to... No, no, I, I, I agree with that. I we think started on such a happy note. Yeah. I've been talking nonstop. No, no, but I, but I agree with this absolutely. And I think it's a good frame to point out why these quick-fix opiates are such a problem. And I agree with that absolutely. I think that in most cases, it's really interesting, right? Uh, there's 
research in one area that I find really fascinating, and this, I don't know if you know this, but you know like in the child sex abuse scandal in Pakistan, like the murder of Zainab and they found the killer? Yep. Now, one would imagine that it increases your confidence in law institutions or, you know, uh, all that, but it doesn't. Um, and why it is is that most people, actually your confidence in your judicial or your law enforcement agencies and all that, is not down to substantive justice, but procedural justice. Okay. What that means is like simply the process of knowing that this is equal for everyone or that this is something that will happen and that you're being dealt with relatively nicely. I, re I remember reading this one thing about, I always found this fascinating, is that, you know, if you've died, if you've had somebody who's died because of malpractice of a hospital, if the hospital just makes sure to personally apologize to you, your desire for your claim suddenly goes down. Yeah. Right? Because the morality of the moment has been addressed. It, it's, it's been addressed. And the reason I sort of bring this out is I actually absolutely agree with you in this case that in some ways we're also responding to what the people want immediately, which online has increasingly becoming digital mobs that pay for blood for a certain amount of time and then you have an outrage fix as well. And these problems are now so systemic and so difficult to address in some ways that you know, it's also much easier for somebody who's doing administration, somebody who's leading the executive, to work on these particular cycles by giving little bits of good news here and there, but without addressing the whole thing. So I don't know what the future on this is. I've always imagined that if we actually digitize to some degree, it'll help, because right now we just don't know the scope, extent of things. Um, but I find one other thing really interesting as well. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. Uh, I once, uh, once, maybe about 10 years ago, I was working in a place and it was one of the best places I've worked at. We always used to have fun. And so I was in Lahore and- Okay, I so definitely not what I was thinking of. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in Lahore and there was a joke shop. And I found <coughs> this thing where you put a little really thin um, stick into a cigarette and then as you smoke the cigarette it keeps burning but there's one point where it's got phosphorus and it blows up right <laughs> <laughs> so what I did was when everyone went for lunch in the office everyone was a smoker in the office and we used to smoke in the office and in every packet I took out random cigarettes put in a couple of these and then waited for everyone to come back from lunch and then, so within like 20 minutes, somebody's smoking a cigarette, and what the hell just happened, right? Everyone went around that guy, what happened, man? What? And he's like, it just blew up. And they were all like, okay. Then somebody else is smoking, and it was by chance the same brand. And then it suddenly, and it blew up. Right? Everyone came around, and then they started theorizing. Is this a marketing gimmick? And somebody said, why would exploding cigarettes be a marketing gimmick, right? <laughs> the discussion was fascinating, right? And then, after an hour, a third cigarette blew up, but this time it was from a different, different company, right? <laughs> they were like, what is happening, right? And the discussion was fascinating. And then during the next 
two hours, about five other cigarettes blew up. And then I noticed one guy in the end, right? He was sitting next to me, we were discussing something, he was smoking a cigarette, and it blew up. And then what he did was, he broke off the tip, where it went, and then lit it again and started <laughs> They made peace with it. Exactly. That human cigarettes now, yeah, cigarettes yeah. now blow up. Yeah. And within within a day. Within a day. And this is why I can I'm pretty sure even I'm gonna go back to Shaheen Chemist. Because I believe yeah they give me dodgy supplements. So I won't buy supplements there. Yeah. Or if if even that. Yeah, no, but right. And, and Our behavior other, adjusts. The, our behavior adjusting yeah. the other thing is also is that we're limited for choice, right? If you think about which brand names of chemists do you trust, you're going to come up with two, maybe three. In Lahore, there's different ones. But if something is found out about one, you still tend to go back because you're just familiar. And you and as, like you said, we and adjust. You wanna, and you want to go where everybody knows your name. name. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shaheen Chemist is the cheers of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, look, uh, you know, I think that that cigarette story is really fascinating yeah. because um, just for shits and giggles, I yeah. was, uh, as you, I think you've heard me talk about uh, Amos Tversky and Daniel Kahneman and yeah, kind yeah. of my fascination with behavioral, yeah. uh, you know, sort of economics and yeah. this idea of, how incomplete and not fully rational Alamia yeah. made our brains yeah. with, with all these like basically these blind spots yeah. these rationality blind spots yes. so there's prospect theory there's anchoring bias there's yeah. a whole range of them yeah. there's dozens of different heuristics yeah. that that they talk about but the sum totality of the work uh, you know in their lifetimes and its impact is really uh, I was listening to this podcast uh, that Michael Lewis, who wrote the book on these two. Yeah. It's called The Undoing Project. Yeah. I would strongly recommend, I think, I, I'm sure we've done this before on How to Pakistan. Yeah, we've but, discussed but it. Yeah. I absolutely could not recommend it more highly for anyone that's interested in understanding both how we work and operate at a micro level, but also yeah. how society operates at a macro level. Um, what, I, what, I, what I found fascinating about what Michael Lewis said, this is from like, two or three years ago when the book first came out. He's doing this podcast with the New York Review of Books, I think. Mm. And he says, <clears throat> the thing that you draw from their life's work is that because you know that the human mind is imperfect and that everybody is affected or infected with bias, then everybody needs to call into question their own... Uh, cognition, their own recording and interpretation of data, uh, of stimulus, of, of things that are happening around yeah. them. And to, to question it, not to paralyze us, but to question it so that the range of our responses is richer and yeah. less likely to fall down, right? Yeah. And so the, the fact that there was an adjustment within three or four hours or five hours yeah. of the first cigarette blowing up yeah. is a... Is a is a really interesting lesson, and it's a lesson in how the human mind and body adjusts and survives, right? It just recalibrates and figures out that once it blows up, you were, you just cut off a little bit and you, and you continue smoking, and yeah. that's how you continue. And I think that 
the implication and the and the practicality or the relevance or the application of this whole discussion is how much more sophisticated public policy could be in solving uh, problems of poor quality medication and supplements, low quality education, or very highly priced medium to good quality education, or uh, the problem of poorly regulated and under quality substandard and potentially toxic food yeah. being sold at restaurants. And that all of these problems are really uh, waiting to be solved by just a little bit of ingenuity and application of problem solving in, in the way that you know we tried to do in our discussion today. And I guess for me, it's not just a Pakistan problem, but there's a global problem of everybody being in a rush. And so yeah. the ability for things like the nudge unit uh, to be established, yeah. in, a, in a, especially in a developing country, and to be able to inform public policy in the way that, you know, we would like it to, uh, is increasingly, un increasingly less likely, which raises the risks of what happens at the other end, which is if everything is off the cuff and based on feelings, then nationalism and nihilistic sort of, you know, uh, I think just identity voyeurism, like, you know, people yeah. just basically getting on a horse based on any kind of definition of identity and running away with it, depending on how many likes and RTs they get. And in a country like India, it's a convenient yeah. example. I mean, you'll get hundreds of millions of likes for, yeah. for, for sometimes the nastiest stuff. And then that becomes societal norms. Yeah. So, 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 the, so the implications of, of all of this are much more profound than just getting drug regulation right. Uh, this is about how we organize as, as human beings. And, and I really... I especially worry about countries like ours in which the capacity of the public sector to even engage in this kind of a discussion is virtually zero. I agree. I, I think I'll just sort of, uh, I know we've got a little time, we have to finish this, but I'm going to tell you one thing that I learned uh, in a project I once did about seven, eight years ago, um, which was the Next Generation Report, right? And we did some polling on that, but one of the things that I found fascinating on the question of bias is I had inserted a question in, which was like, what's your biggest source of insecurity? Now, for me at that time, I just thought Pakistan wasn't taking where the militant problem was growing to a level that I thought it was an existential threat. And so I just wanted to see, you know, and I thought this would be the answer. And it was fascinating that that wasn't in the top four. Um, and again, on our... That's one of our major disagreements after. Yeah, yeah. And, but one of the things that came out from it is then we looked into it again, seeing the numbers. And then it was one guy who had provided a little bit of qualitative explanation. He it was a brilliant way of phrasing it. He says, look, I don't feel insecure with bombs. These are things that I feel when my time's up, my time's up. My insecurity comes from the feeling that I feel insecure not knowing whether the job I've applied for has already been filled through Sifarish. My insecurity comes from that when I give my exam, the guy sitting next to me whose father knows the head of the board is going to get more from me. My insecurity is rooted. And the way it was, it was actually, 
looking at how the state on a fundamental level on everyday experiences was what was driving insecurity in that one person. Because it's been hijacked by private interests. Yeah. And, 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 and to be fair, this is what's driven urban middle class droves yeah. in the direction of PTI. Absolutely. Because, Absolutely. because there is no question yeah. that in the narrative of the PMLN or yeah. the BBB or even the JUI, JUIF, These things are absolute, yeah. there's no mention yeah. of this issue of meritocracy. The sad thing is that, that it was a bald-faced lie. The yeah. entire package was a complete lie. But, but I don't blame for a second people yearning and desperate for an answer and turning to a good-looking dude who, who actually, when he talks about social injustice and inequality, is actually very sincerely laying out what he really believes. Yeah. The rest of the package is, unfortunately, not concurrent or aligned with that pitch, yeah. which is why, it, you know, 15, 16 months in, we have to deliberately avoid talking politics to have yeah. an enjoyable conversation. Yeah. Which I think until now we did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And on that note, yeah. I think it is time for us to say... Adios. Salam. Uh, actually, no, I like no in three languages. No, nai, and yet. What about nishta? Nishta. Nishta means it's not there. Oh, it doesn't mean no. No, na means no. Listen, man, that is really upsetting to me. Yeah. But you know what? That knowledge is what I'm going to ride <laughs> all the way yeah. out of this episode of How to Pakistan. Yeah. I personally think that gap was discordant on the part of the musician. But... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. All right, thank you. Assalamu alaikum and khudafiz.